Welcome to another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club. I'm Lisa. And I'm Jess. She was posing there for a moment. It threw me off. Sorry. <laughs> Trying to keep things interesting, you know. Right. Um, yeah, well, we, don't, we don't need to keep things interesting. We're, we're talking about books that we love this week. I'm so yeah. excited. Um, so yeah, so uh, I'm tired today. I slept until 830. Um, that is like... That's like a, one of our books. Like that would never happen to me in real life. Like I don't, I don't sleep in till eight thirty. I stayed up until after eleven, which is very late for my old self. Were you partying? No, we were watching a movie. What movie? <laughs> we watched Gross Point Blank. <gasps> I I'm... was just thinking of that movie because the character in my book reminds me of him. Interesting. Oh, I bet I know who. Um, yeah, it's, I love that movie too. And it's so weird. I mean, I've seen it many times, but it's been a while. And I think Austin had only seen it like one or two other times, but it's one of my favorite movies. Oh yeah. It's got such a great soundtrack. Um, so yeah, we stayed up a little bit later watching that. Um, I had to finish my book last night. So the movie start time was pushed because it was taking me longer (laughs) to do that this is how i know um i have a kid because Mm -hmm. yesterday i watched jungle cruise (laughs) movie (laughs) yeah but i I didn't get to watch gross point blank but that is okay because i have seen it many many times it is one of my favorites um even though it is a little violent oh it's way violent and it's just like completely untethered yeah but i love it i love like everything about it it's it's off the charts crazy weird and totally absurdist level but I highly recommend it for those who haven't seen it I think it came out in 97 that sounds so, about right I think yeah. I had it on VHS yeah <laughs> I, I think I had it on DVD but yeah I didn't I love, buy it till uh, later John Cusack oh yeah for him. he's great he's got a real Nick now, Cage but... energy yeah he could be garbage now who knows yeah, it's always is, dangerous to yeah <laughs> always dangerous to bring that stuff up when I'm like I haven't haven't read any scandals related to him but I don't know if there are any or not I vaguely remember some problematic moments with him Um, okay you know we're just gonna keep living in the past we like to do that (laughs) right well yeah I'm not saying I want to hang out and get coffee with him um (laughs) but yeah I do like a lot of his movies quite a bit um but yeah so anyways I feel a little slow slow going this morning. So hopefully once I start talking, I'll get into the swing of things here. Yeah. Uh, so this week we are going old school. So we picked books that um, kind of are like near and dear to our hearts that sort of we got us reading this genre to, to start. Um, I mean, obviously, like when I was younger, and I think we've talked about this in the past, like, a lot of R.L. Stein and Christopher Pike and L.J. Smith. So I guess we're not going quite that old school because no, neither like of these are YA. Old school. Yeah. <laughs> kind of, actually. Now that I know the publication date in my book correctly, I was actually still in high school. Can you believe that? <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yeah. So <clears throat> your book for me was Moon Called by Patricia Briggs. And this is uh, the first book in the Mercy Thompson series, uh, which was released on 
January 31st of 2006. So it's still pretty old, but yeah, Yeah. it's not as old as I thought it was. I had to double check because we had an issue with the publication date on your book that I was like, that can't be right because I know I was in high school when I read that. Um, Yeah, but this book that I didn't even realize because I guess I just kind of fell off at some point, but it's actually still, it's an ongoing series and there are 12 of them that are out. And I think I've read five is what I was able to piece together because I have the fifth book on my Kindle. So, and that's the only one I had. So obviously I read books one through four when I was still reading paperback books. Mm-hmm. And then I got book five and then I guess forgot about it. <laughs> you know, I hate to say this, but I think a lot of these books dropped off because they were old school. They came out as physical books first and they're a little pricier. So like we discovered this wonderful world of like Kindle Unlimited and like super affordable books. And so of course, like, oh, I'll read that. I'll read that. I'll read that. And so some of these classics I kind of like lost track of because, you know, that's like I got to shell out a whole 10 bucks maybe for some of these, <laughs> maybe 12, you know. <laughs> Which is terrible because I definitely like support authors and like I feel like I should go back and buy some more of her books just to be like I still love you. (laughs) Yeah I so I'm definitely I definitely want to go back and get caught up and you know read the books that I haven't read. There's a 13th book that's scheduled to release at the end of this summer Um, because I don't really remember if there was more to it than what you said why I dropped off. I just kind of it got overshadowed by other things I was reading or like maybe I had kind of like it had gotten a little stale for me and so I just wasn't as excited to like keep on top of the release dates. I don't I don't remember. I have no recollection of what I, the last book I read was about. <laughs> I don't either and I'll be honest, I remember that I loved this book and I can kind of remember main characters, but I don't remember details. Like I'm like I don't quite remember this universe. So, I'm excited yeah. for you to uh open it up to me again. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. I haven't read it in a very long time but I have read it probably five or six times in total so um but yeah so anyway my book I'm gonna go with my synopsis that I I made here (laughs) my back cover blurb so raised by a Montana werewolf pack coyote shifter or walker Mercedes Mercy Thompson is just trying to mind her own business as an auto mechanic in a small eastern Washington town. Um, When Mac, a teenage and newly turned werewolf, shows up at her shop looking for work. So she finds herself caught up in her alpha werewolf neighbor, Adam Hopman, I think is how to say it. I just remember Adam. T-M-A-N. So I, don't, I think one of those letters is silent. Hotman, Hotman. Hotman. Yeah. Um, okay, he's her alpha werewolf. He's like the top pack guy in her area. And he lives like, she lives in a trailer on some property and it kind of like overlooks his big estate because, you know, the alphas are always rich. <laughs> they always got yeah. money. Well, they gotta have land. Yeah. Some running to do. Right, yeah. yes, yes. So she's caught up in this murder mystery that is like pack business um and it brings her face to face with her past and feelings that she has not quite reconciled yet so that's my synopsis nice you actually like try to like write the blurb i'm just like (laughs) there's this guy and the girl and the (laughs) do what you feel 
Okay, thanks. Okay, so now I have to go to the the real synopsis. I feel like you got it. I feel like that is... I'm always excited to see how close I am. Okay. Mercy Thompson is a shapeshifter, and while she was raised by werewolves, she can never be one of them, especially after the pack ran her off for having a forbidden love affair. So she's turned her talent for fixing cars into a business and now runs a one-woman mechanic shop in the Tri-Cities area of Washington State. But Mercy's two worlds are colliding. A half-starved teenage boy arrives at her shop looking for work, only to reveal that he's a newly changed werewolf, on the run and desperately trying to control his animal instincts. Mercy asks her neighbor Adam Hotman the alpha of the local werewolf pack for assistance, but Mercy's kind or acts of kindness has unexpected consequences that leave her no choice but to seek help from those she once considered family, the werewolves who abandoned her. Yeah, so it's pretty close. I feel yeah, like I hit on a lot there. of the. <laughs> so good job, whoever wrote that back cover blurb. That's actually that's the book I read. <laughs> nice, <laughs> which isn't always the case. Um. So this book honestly was like such a joy to come back to. And I think that you kind of touched on this last week when we were talking about what our theme was going to be, how it's really kind of refreshing to go back to these old school series that really are more serialized and Mm -hmm. they have like a, there's a story, you know, there's like a, a mystery that gets resolved by the end of the book. Um, And then, you know, in addition, you can tell there are other parts of her worlds that are kind of through lines that are going to be revisited or like side plots that are going to grow as the series continues. Um, This week, it's a little bit different because I'm reading book one of a series while I gave you book three of a series. Uh, But I mean... (laughs) One thing that there are kind of a lot of similarities, I felt like, between these two series. Uh, One is that, you know, we're not seeing a meeting between the two, you know, what we we know are going to be the love interests. Like, these are people that already have have been familiar with one another. Not romantically, but there's definitely, like, a flirtation that's going on. And I know in yours, I kind of gave you that book because we are getting another main character that's being introduced in this book that wasn't in book one and two, but like the main vampire guy, like even in book one, they already knew each other. So I think that's kind of interesting. Like, you know, you're not seeing these two characters meet in a relationship kind of evolving from that. It's like, and another thing I like, which is maybe I like it because it's familiar to me because that's the way it was in a lot of the books I read when I was younger. Uh, But they're, they're all adults. Like, they're adults, they have pasts, they have, you know, prior relationships um, in their history. They, they're both kind of the definition of a slow burn, because another one of the similarities between these two is kind of this, like, purity aspect. I mean, not that, I like, I'm that more so, yeah, more yeah. so with your book, but there's, like, a you know, they have been sexually active, they have been in those adult sexual relationships before, but their sex, like, means something more to them, they're not, like, really gonna have it casually, you know, so we're getting Mm -hmm. a lot more, at least in my book, we're getting a lot more of, like, you can tell that there's, 
an interest between these two characters but it's a lot kind of like the book you read last week the honey badger one the romance it's pg but it's also very kind of realistic like in my book you really don't get any spice between adam and mercy like you understand right away when they first meet that they've got a banter that you know she's stubborn and headstrong and he's like your very typical alpha werewolf where he's used to everybody else kind of deferring to him and listening to what he says and following orders and mercy's very much like i'm i'm not a part of your pack like i don't have to listen to you like i'm gonna do what i'm gonna do and this both frustrates him but also intrigues him. And so mm-hmm. you like understand from the get-go that these two characters are definitely interested in one another. Um, but you don't get any spice. Like right away you know, okay, like this book ends with them on a date and you get like a kiss at the end of the date, which is very kind of like real life. You know, you're finally yeah. going out with this guy that you've been interested in and you're feeling each other out and you kind of like don't know what this is going to be if it's going to be anything yet and you get like a really nice kind of sweet kiss that doesn't have a lot of heat to be honest behind it but like you are rooting for this couple um but I'm wondering like now because I I really don't remember if you even get any like descriptive sex scenes between them. I know, I mean, I know that they do eventually get together, but I'm wondering if it's like one of the fade to black type things. Well, and honestly, I don't remember because like, I think maybe this is actually speaks to like the genre and this time period. Like it wasn't as sexual and we didn't get as many details. And so like, I probably would have read through it and not even thought about it. Be like, Oh, that was nice. That was a great story. Like, Oh, they're in love. I like it. You know? Whereas, like, now it's, like, you get details and you remember. Like, well, yeah, I tend to forget everything. But, yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I don't know if it even would have, like, been a big moment in the books. Like, if they did, like. Well, I remember, like, in your series when the coming together happened, like, many books down the line. It's not happening now. My series is dry. (laughs) I still remember that first scene that those characters have. And. It's hot. Like, I still remember it. But as you talked about in the last episode, I guess I just have a trash brain. Because, like, I don't remember anything else I read. But the sex scenes, those are, like, in my spank bank. Well, so maybe there wasn't, like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I read this almost 20 years ago. Well, not quite that long. But, like, a good amount of time. So I'm like, I don't know. I remember, like, I really liked Adam. So there had to be something there. No, there definitely is. And it's it's funny because they're so so what ends up happening is this teenage boy shows up at her shop and she can tell that he's a werewolf because she's like able to to sense these things. She's like I like the definition they give for this. So she's half Native American. Um her mother had like a fling. I I wanna say he was like a kind of like a carny. <laughs> like a <laughs> Like a, a stunt motorcycle driver for like some kind of fair or something like that. Like some kind of daredevil. It's not the cars, I know, but yeah. Yeah, so he, like, you know, they didn't really have like a, like a relationship. They kind of just had a fling. 
And so then they went their separate ways and she like finds out she's pregnant with Mercy and realizes like when she's born that she's this, what they call it, a walker or it's like it comes from uh, the Native American like skin walker, uh, which I, I've highlighted that part. It's a witch of the Southeast Indian tribes who uses a skin to turn into a coyote or some other animal and goes around causing disease or death. So that's what it's like Mm -hmm. based off of. Um, Obviously she doesn't go around causing disease or death, but I I liked that kind of fable element to things. And Mm -hmm. I like that she's something other. And like you learn as the book goes on or it's hinted to, so I assume it's going to come back, although I don't remember, that she's rare and that what she is kind of poses a threat or to some of the other creatures in the world, specifically vampires, because you do get some, some vampire stuff in this book. You got werewolves, you got vampires, you got witches, you got fae. So this is like a, you know, all the magic is going on in this world. And that's kind of similar to your book. I don't think there's fae, but there's definitely witches and necromancy. and There's um, a lot going on, for sure. Yeah. So she meets this boy and he's on the run from something and so he just like shows up at her shop and she offers him work but then like she doesn't take him to adam right away because there's like the whole thing about werewolf politics of you know like he's new and she can tell that he like doesn't have quite have control over his wolf yet and so if she introduces him to Adam, then all of a sudden he's going to be, like, in charge of him because he's an alpha and it'll be, like, his responsibility if he brings him into the pack. Um, and so there's a little bit of, like, internal struggle that she's having with what she should do to help him. And ultimately she does decide to, to introduce him to Adam because there's people that are after Mac. And he discloses to Mercy that he's been held captive and they've been, like, pumping him full of drugs and, like, drugs aren't supposed to work on werewolves because their metabolism is so high. But they've, like, found some sort of compound that actually is working on werewolves. And so basically, like, he's being experimented on for, like, some larger purpose that we don't quite know what that is yet. So she feels... She ends up killing one of them, and he's at, like, the other people take off, and there are humans and werewolves also working together, which is important, um, but Adam comes into that because she realizes that, you know, this is bigger than just this kid, and so she needs to, like, let him know as the alpha of the the territory kind of what's going on, um, but, you know, additional violence ensues because poor Mac ends up dead so like somebody leaves his body on her porch at like three o'clock in the morning or something and so she opens her door and she realizes that like the shit's gone down over at adam's house and so she runs over there um and she ends up saving adam because the people infiltrated his house to they don't know what try to get mac back but they ended up killing him and they, like, dosed Adam up with all these drugs and kidnapped his daughter, 
which is another thing that I didn't mention, but I like this about Adam because he's like a grown-ass man. <laughs> like, he's a grown-ass man. He's got an ex-wife who we learn later, like, they were together when they moved there because he's been Mercy's backyard neighbor for, like, seven years. And I think they had gotten divorced four years prior or something. Yeah. So, you know, I like that, you know, he had this other relationship. He has a daughter who's, like a tween I don't remember exactly how old she is like 13 maybe 14 um but yeah and and they have a relationship her and Mercy together like she comes over to complain about her dad and so you know you get this idea that you know she's been around for a while and she is like a, a part of their lives in this sort of weird and ambiguous way um And she, you know, basically she comes in and she saves the day and helps Adam and kills one of the other werewolves. And then she realizes that, like, he might have a a spy in his pack that's, like, telling him that Mac was there. And so she can't trust the pack all of a sudden. And so she doesn't know what else to do besides haul him in the car and drive over to Montana to get the help of the werewolf pack that raised her. And so you get to meet uh, Bran, who is the Merrick, which it's like, this is like the hierarchy of the werewolves. Um, They have like a Merrick who's like the head werewolf of the entire United States. And I assume it's kind of like that in the different countries. And then you've got the different packs across the country and all of those packs have an alpha, but the Merrick is the one that's like the president of all (laughs) werewolves. He's the most powerful, the like final say so. Um, And this happens to be who raised, yeah, this happens to be who raised Mercy. Um, And so that's another kind of rich world that you get introduced to is she goes there and you get all of this, uh, hesitancy because she hasn't been back there in 10 years and you come to find out that that's because they basically threw her out um, because she had fallen in love with the Merrick's son Samuel and I had forgotten all about Samuel I don't know if you remember him I'm like have... remembering all this as you tell everything I'm like oh yeah oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I oh. had forgotten about him and I was like oh, I don't remember this part of the story at all but as I kept reading I was like, oh, yes, yes, yes. It definitely like, yeah. came back to me as the story went on because... Is he kind of jealous? I remember yeah, that. like yeah. there's definitely like unfinished business between the two. Um, and he, she had run off because she fell in love with him. She's like 18, stars in her eyes. He's this like sexy older man and he loves her and wants to get married. And um, we find out that... Like, he doesn't really love her, I guess, but what he loves is, like, the idea that she'll be able to give him children. Children, yeah. Because I guess it's really hard for, like, human women to carry werewolves and then female werewolves, which is, this is a trope, like, can't carry a, a, a baby to term because they shift and that ends up being, like, too stressful for the body. And so 
they end up miscarrying. So and does so Mercy like have some magical element to where like she is stronger than the yeah. average human? Okay, exactly. And that. she's also like sh- you know this is typical like your standard werewolf lore of they're very connected to the moon, so like they can shift yeah. whenever they want to, but they kind of like have to shift when the moon is full. They can't like fight that off. And so with Mercy, since she's a walker. She's not tied to the moon at all. She just, she can shift or not shift whenever she pleases. Oh, that's right. She's a cute little coyote. I remember yeah. this now. Okay. It's all coming back. Yeah. Great yeah. book. <laughs> yeah. So basically, like, when she was 18, Bran told her that, you know, Samuel's not really in love with you. Like, this is the yeah. score. And then puts her on a bus to, to Portland to go, like, live with other relatives that she had. And so she hasn't been back since because she's all heartbroken. So, you know, you like she shows back up and she immediately like wants to go to Samuel first because they're just like they are connected in that way and they they have unfinished business. Um, And so that definitely is part of the story as you go along. And you can absolutely tell that it's being set up as like some kind of a love triangle possibility between adam and samuel and mercy by the end of the book um because samuel ends up coming back to help them but then he stays and we're like okay is he why is he staying is he staying because he's in love with mercy and he wants to try to get back together with her or kind of what's what's the deal there um so it's it's just funny because i went from not remembering him at all to very much yeah, I, I don't, can already remember him in future books now. I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happens to him. And then I was really concerned because I'm always like, you know, I, I like Adam a lot. But yeah. I think that I kind of was rooting for Samuel initially when I had read this. Um, I always like the underdog, you know, or the kind of, oh, yeah. you know, he was the dick, you know but he was maybe misunderstood. And what's, is he going to get some redemption here? But then I was worried because I was like, oh, does he end up being the bad guy? Is that what happens? Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> I remember being very loyal to Adam and I don't know why. So stuff must happen in the next books that kind of cement that. Yeah, and I'm totally, like, maybe he still is a bad guy or, like, he's going to be the villain of the second book or he's got secrets. It seems like maybe he's got secrets. Because he was, like, we found out from Bran that after shit went down with Mercy back when she was younger, Samuel actually left the pack and he had been living in Texas or something for years and years and he'd just come back two years prior to that to the pack. And Mm -hmm. so, uh, I don't know, I'm suspicious I've, I've already read it obviously I've read five of the books but I don't remember what happened so I'm like maybe it's just my memory telling me that there's something nefarious going on with him um I think he just gets really possessive and like yeah it, like, well, he's already down. started out that way yeah and it's just like like you said it's just about having someone to make a baby with and not necessarily like a love and a healthy relationship <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah and definitely like there's more with Adam like there's more to the story here because at one point in the book you find out that Bran had asked Adam to watch Mercy and so that pisses her off because she you know there's obviously like an interest between them even if she hasn't maybe wanted to admit it to herself yet but immediately that makes her distrust him because she's like oh are you just 
friends with me or paying attention to me because Bran asked you to do it? Or is it because you're actually interested? And you find out that he has a picture of her in his bedroom. And she's like, it's just sort of mentioned in passing, but she's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't love that, but there's bigger fish to fry (laughs) at the moment. So, you know, you definitely get these little things sprinkled in where it's like, okay, there's obviously some. He's sweet on her. Deep feeling going on there. Um, Yeah. And, you know, he, she has a good relationship with his daughter. So I'm sure he really, you know, likes that. Cause obviously if you're looking for a new lady, you want to make sure they're going to get along with your kid. Um, yeah. and Mercy's kind of badass like she fixed clothes yeah. like that's I mean I think now that's becoming a little more normal but like when these books are out like there weren't women mechanics you know like it's it's kind of sweet like she's badass basically yeah <laughs> she's badass and she's also kind of like got her hand in a lot of different pots you know like her yeah. and this is another thing I really like about the series is I feel like a lot of times with the newer books that we read because they're maybe like not episodic and yeah. they're also more focused on building the the relationship and the chemistry between the two love interests, um, that some of the side characters can start to feel a little bit incidental. And that's totally not the case here. Like, she has a very lush world and a lot of really interesting side characters that I assume we're going to learn more about as we go along. Yeah. Like, there's Z, who's Faye, and he owned the garage uh before Mercy and I think they worked together and he ended up retiring and so he sold the garage to her but he still comes and helps her and he's like a gremlin like a a metal worker um and in this world so I've already mentioned you've got fae you've got vampires you've got witches you've got werewolves so the fae are like out like the world knows about the fae but they don't know about any of the other creatures but that's kind of uh, creating like pressure on the other creatures to come out to the world um, before their identity is kind of like revealed out of their hands. And so that's a big tie-in to the plot of this is Bran, the Merrick, has decided that he wants to, to out the werewolves to the world. And so they're kind of like, they want to have control over how this relationship gets conveyed or relationship how this identity gets conveyed to the rest of the world and so they're trying to do it in a very pragmatic way where they're finding like a poster child for like this is what an american werewolf <laughs> looks like <laughs> and i know they like are there's talks about using adam for this and then so that becomes like well maybe the people that are behind this drugging werewolf and and experimenting on on werewolves thing or it has something to do with that like they don't want the identity of werewolves to become public um I forgot where I was going with that but basically like the side characters so you know you've got that and then you meet like some of the other members of um of of Adam's pack so there's like his second Daryl and you don't get much from Daryl and then there's this other guy Ben who was like accused of raping people and I think that they they're they come into things more I I don't think he did it but there's this Ben character who immediately she's like I don't like him I don't trust him I don't yeah. know what's going on with that and there's this weird kind of um altercation that she has with Ben and Daryl that is sort of what what prompts her to feel uneasy about going to his pack when Adam gets in trouble because she's like I don't know that that interaction made me think like maybe there's something going on that we can't trust them and I do like remember that Daryl and Ben 
play a larger part in things in some of the later books. They're not in this one too much, but there is Warren, who I had totally forgotten about and love. And he's like this outcast werewolf who is gay. And I guess because of that, like, you know, kind of like you would imagine because like the stereotype of werewolves is they're always kind of like the, I don't know, like white trash sort of, Gun, guns, werewolf stereotype. Like, can that? I feel like there is. I feel like there is. I feel like they're usually portrayed as like Southern values, kind of macho. Yeah. Again, I'm going to bring up Sons of Anarchy, but I don't know. It seems like in in all of the shows and stuff you see there, it's like the vampires are always high class and it's true yeah and, and the vampires were always kind of or i'm sorry the werewolves were always kind of more rough and tumbly do you think that's the case like in the more modern books that we're reading now or do you think that is kind of part of this time period like that's yeah. how they were portrayed yeah i definitely think it's part of this time period yeah um, but in any event that like his homosexuality has been like a turnoff for other packs accepting him and so there's this idea that you know you have to belong to a pack otherwise you're a lone wolf and like you can be a lone wolf but like not everybody has the temperament to be able to handle it because when you're in a pack there's that kind of like shared magic that the pack has to be able to like calm each other down and like follow the moon cycle and some some people can't handle like being a werewolf you know there's actually a a character who his son was a member of Bran's pack and she meets the father who was a veterinarian and and she like sees him when she goes back and he is like she doesn't recognize him because I guess he got turned into a a werewolf and that like made him all younger looking and fit and stuff yeah they like revert back to like their prime their prime yeah (laughs) yeah yeah but anyways he he's like gonna end up having to be taken out by the pack because he's not able to handle his werewolfness and so he's like almost attacked his family um like he has another a daughter and a wife who are human and so that's like it's just something that's interesting that I don't think they've done that in other books it's like this idea of you know only the fit survive (laughs) only the fit survive yeah I do remember that that stood out to me um I liked it I thought it was a good way to just describe like what it would be like in that community you know yeah yeah but anyway so like warren is a he was a lone wolf but he like really wanted to have a pack but he couldn't find anyone that was willing to accept his like homosexual lifestyle or whatever like, so which is now, so dated like, the yeah. books we read now like the wolf packs have tend to be like very open everyone's just doing everyone like no problem yeah like. and i love that it's so much <laughs> yeah. you know because it, it I don't know. I mean, I hate to say that that is probably true to life, but, you know, there are definitely still a lot of um, prejudice. Mm -hmm. And so I did think that was an interesting, like, topic to broach that, you know, there is this guy and he's like, I'm not willing to, you know, I'm I'm out. Like, I'm gay. And if, like, I can't find a pack that's going to deal with that, I'm just going to be on my own. Um, so he, you know, he has been welcomed into Adam's pack, but he's kind of like new to it. And there's this friction between them. Um, he can't, you know, they don't know if they can quite trust him yet and vice versa. And he's got a boyfriend and his boyfriend doesn't know he's a werewolf and they're kind of both friends with mercy. That seems like a big problem. Like you don't know your partner is a werewolf. Like, oh, that oddly comes up in my book too. 
yeah but it's like yeah like you're not allowed to like tell people unless they're your spouse like they're very it's a very clear-cut rule so dated (laughs) yeah so anyway like it's just a very rich world and like I like that you know you come into it book one and it's like you know that these relationships have already been established yeah Um, and you know there's also like vampires so the vampires are kind of like the mob and they, I guess you have to, like, pay them for protection, like, all the businesses in town. But because Mercy can't afford to do that, she just agrees to work on their cars instead. And so because of that, she's made friends, friends, I say in quotation marks, because everyone tells her that, oh, it's not a good idea to be a front, you know, friends with a vampire. But his name's Stefan, and his, he helps her. There's a like, vampire named Stefan. Yeah. <laughs> But he has, like, a van, a VW van that she's working on, and it's, like, painted like the Scooby-Doo mystery bus. And so she's like, oh, you know, he's cool. He's not your average vampire. (laughs) But you, like, have a scene with them where they have to, like, go to the vampire seep, I think is what they call it, where it's, you know, like, the horde of vampires that live in that area to get help or information. Um, And so you kind of meet them, and you get a little snippet of how that part of the world works and then like Adam has a witch that works for him and she gets called to like clean up see the scene she can like get rid of bodies and kind of erase the evidence using spells and so you know it's just a very like rich world and and she's she's laid a lot of groundwork here to kind of build on for the series um and I think, yeah, that's kind of, I, I think I did a pretty good job of talking about that without spoiling the, <laughs> the main action of the plot. Like, you know, I like it because like you definitely get a resolution to this story. There's, you know, you find out who did it and why. And it's not, I mean, I didn't guess it, even though I'd already read it, which is pathetic. I, I was thinking I this whole time, like, oh, Samuel's going to have something to, to do with it. Um, and he doesn't, so I guess I'll spoil yeah. that part. But, like, you know, to be continued, because he might come back and be bad in the next book. I don't remember. <laughs> well, that's the thing about, like, these old series, like, we were talking, like, they go on and on and on. So it's, like, these characters can really go through, like, a huge transformation to where, like, I don't know if you see that as much in, like, you know, the series now. Like, they're usually, like, trilogies or – I feel like the uh, five is getting a little more popular, like, coming out with five books. But they're not these, like, ongoing, like, day-in-the-life kind of saga type of thing. Which... Yeah, and I think, like, they can be, and they – there's also just, like, a natural time when maybe to, to stop. Yeah. yeah. And, I, I mean, I think even Anita Blake might still be going – or we'll get into talking That's about fine. your it's book. Secret, <laughs> like <laughs> – Yeah, we already said it in the last book. But, I mean, I, I don't know if you looked that up. I didn't. Um, I think she is still going, but um, I am one of those people that kind of heard what everyone was saying, and I totally tapped out because of an apparent, there's an accusation about rats and sex, and people got lost there or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, that must have yeah. been after I stopped reading, but I that already That was what out. I, like, saw a lot, because, like, you know, like, different forums and stuff on social media, um, and I know, yeah, there must have been something about these books that just didn't really suck me in, because, like, yeah they are still going i think she's at like i mean they are very dated yeah yeah let's just get into it that was a good natural segue (laughs) so what's what was your book so mine is 
obviously, Anita Blake, Laura K. Hamilton, um, and it's Circus of the Damned, which you purposefully gave me. It's the third book, right? Mm -hmm. And you did that because this is how you discovered the series. You found this like paperback and you read it. And this kind of was like the gateway for you. Um, But I feel like people are probably really familiar because this is definitely one of like the OGs of like paranormal. I don't even know. I'm not going to call this paranormal romance. I don't know. I think this is like the predecessor of what became paranormal romance. Yeah, Um, it was a book that was in the sci-fi sci-fi okay section of barnes and noble which was the bookstore that um yeah they had the the day they never knew where to put them like it was either sci-fi fantasy or romance or yeah yeah but anyways um i don't have a nice little written up synopsis like you do um but you know (laughs) anita blake so she is an animator Especially she can raise people from the dead and they're kind of in zombie status at that point, correct? Um, And she kind of find out like people will pay her so they can like question them. They can get living wills. That's kind of how this book opens. Like she's animating someone so that they can get a will because he passed away and, you know, his family wants some money and all that. Um, And she does it like with, they didn't get into it too much, but I think maybe they explained it in um, earlier books, like blood ritual, sacrifice, you know, run of the mill type of things to get it done. Um, and then she's also in cahoots with the master vampire. So that's who you find out right away. There's a master vampire. I forgot his name. It's French. John. John Claude. John Claude. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she knows him. But I, they don't go into much. Like, if I'm really thinking I haven't read the other two, like, you just know that there's a master vampire. His name's John Claude. He's done something called Marker. She's got two marks. And there's a connection there. And she's definitely fighting it. Um, and then she also works for the police force part-time as well. They call her up to investigate murder scenes that are related to, like, vampires or supernatural types of things. So that's really your intro for her. And then this book is just kind of going along with people all want to know who the master vampire is. She knows it. She's keeping it close to her heart. She's not letting anybody know. And everyone trying to figure out a way to get this information. There's other master vampires in town. There's people, like, showing up dead, and they have specific markings that show that it's a master vampire that was involved because vampires don't hunt packs unless the master vampire is leading them to do so. And there's multiple uh, bite wounds or whatever. Um, Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good. I mean, that makes me want to read this book. Yeah, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of action. Yeah, I mean, I just like, oh, it just like warms my heart because I remember like what this series had become when I stopped reading it and like no shade just like this is like back in the good old days when she was like working with the cops and raising the dead and it's like just like I don't it's it's a very interesting world I think yeah it is vampires are are out like yeah there's more politics too kind of like we were talking about like the last like the mercy series like there's a lot of politics behind this of like how these vampires and werewolves exist and yeah i think the werewolves are out but the Mm -hmm. werewolves are like they're like lycanthropes um and it's a disease basically you catch um and you become a you become a werewolf um and they're kind of like judged like they're not trusted they're not allowed to be teachers because we're sure that like they can't control themselves and they're gonna you know lash out and hurt people um and then the vampires are also out and they yeah. are like mobilized and they're like Anita's a big um proponent in vampire rights. And so there's a lot going on there where like one But she's also them. a vampire executioner. Exactly. So she's kind of like the scale, the justice, you know. 
because she can execute them, but she also fights for them. She believes like they should be treated as humans, but she's very clear that they're not humans. Yeah. I always found that to be interesting. There's a lot of um, conflict within herself because she, she does not trust them at all. Um, But she, she's very much about fairness and yes. good and evil and, and like, doing think, the right thing that's really important to her yeah like, and I think sometimes like part of part of what was interesting about watching her character evolve is that when this series starts like she's very black and white about things and I think as the series progresses there's like so much gray area that she yeah. is confronted with that really do cause a lot of uh transitions or growth I'm not even gonna say growths because I think it went too far in my opinion but you know her character I don't know where she is now but just thinking of like the last book I read which was maybe like I don't know book 15 16 somewhere oh you got out there okay she is very different she is not she does not end up being the Anita Blake that she starts out for better or worse okay you know I mean I think you know if you're going to stick with a, a character for this long, you're going to write so many books, like, of course that character is going to have to evolve. Right. Um, and, and a lot about the evolution of her character has been really dynamic and, and fun to read and, and grow with it. And you're never going to make everybody happy, of course. So I think, you know, there are probably people out there that are still with the series and they love Anita. And uh, yeah. for me, I just got to a point where I, I thought, mm, like, this isn't Anita. Like, I don't feel like it, the, the Anita would do some of the things that she's doing. Okay. <laughs> so I guess I got to the point where I'm like, okay, change is change, but like this yeah. is too much well, that is interesting for me to for, buy into. That's interesting for you to say because like I haven't read that far. I think maybe I read to the fifth book, maybe. You didn't um, even get to the sex then. No. And yeah, that's, I'm not happy with the sex in this book. There is none. <laughs> yeah. um, but... In this book, like, she's definitely set up as someone that, like, like we said, it's not, I wouldn't say she's black and white, but she definitely is, like, I will always do what I think is good and for the best, you know? Um, And, like, there's, so there's definitely a belief that there is, like, wrong and right. Um, And she does bring up a lot. And I don't know. I was actually curious. I kind of think this actually goes with the time period because this book was 95. Um... And there is a time period where Christianity was really mainstream and really on the rise. And they talk about, she talks about her faith in this book, which is kind of like, it was kind of off-putting because like you're going into a world of like werewolves and like lost souls and, you know, vampires and murder and blood. And and like, and she's like, but I'm a Christian. And she brings that up a lot to where I am kind of curious, like how that is going to evolve. Yeah. Um, And and the same thing with Mercy. I mean, it's not there isn't really like a point of it made other than that you know that she is christian and that she yeah. does go to church so yeah. like there's and it I was definitely like like we didn't go to church with her it was just something that was referenced was a couple of times but it's, i definitely took note of it as being like oh huh. and i think that was just kind of like in this time period like these old school books like that was something that was popular and it was spoken about and like yeah, I mean it's in like or maybe even just like more of a manipulative way of well I mean I think that Laurel K Hamilton is Christian yeah um, and so you know part of it is probably just like the author's faith coming out but yeah. maybe is it also a way of being like see it's it's okay like I believe in God like I'm Christian you can read this stuff 
vampires yeah, maybe. And, and werewolves. It's not I mean, evil. Like, it's yeah. okay. Like, you can still read this and be Christian. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? But yeah. I do think, like, it comes up more in these older books. Like, I don't really see this messaging in the books that I'm reading as much now. But also, like we said, like, these books were, like, they're very different. Like, they didn't have – they had slow burn. They had kisses. They had sweet moments. They had dates. They had love interests. But it wasn't this, like – epic like I will burn down the world to be with you and have like really excessive fantastic sex like these books didn't read that way at all um and I can't there could have been some that were written back then but I didn't read them like and I don't I don't know if books like that existed like in you know mid 90s yeah I mean I guess like the vampire diaries comes out as one that like there was this like epic you're we were fated to be together and now that our two paths have crossed like there will never be another for me and you're right that is very different than this modern idea of and I liked this see I liked this with Adam because I think he was he was like you know same where if you're a werewolf you stay young for a really looking for a really long time so I think he he was like turned into a werewolf like after Vietnam or something like that. So yeah, he had like, like a cool like sixties dude. If I just yeah, but it, yeah, kind of like Wolverine or something. Like that's sort oh, of the like the if Wolverine jacket. had become like a little bit more civilized, like that's the character of it. But but I like the idea of like yeah, these guys have been around for a long time. Like they've had other loves. Yes. Like, they've been married. And, like, same with Jean-Claude, although I don't know that you get a lot of his backstory in, in this book. You but like he's, don't, but you he's know. He's had, like, he was in, like, a, a three, uh, I don't know what you'd call it, like, a polyamorous relationship with, like, another two other vampires, a man and a woman. And they had this very, like, epic love affair, the three of them. And, um... I think like she ends up dying and so then the two men are they hate each other or at least the one hates Jean-Claude and he ends up coming in as one of the villains in in one of the later books um I don't know any of this yeah I mean I don't think that's in this book but I mean whatever if you guys have yeah well it won't spoil it for you because you don't even know like it's not till the end of and I'm gonna say something that's probably I'm sorry I might break your heart I don't really like Jean-Claude I was like, yeah, nah. no, that's fair. I mean, he's like, like, let's just talk about the cheese factor because if I have great. to hear one more white lace button down, <laughs> like, no, and like, yeah. I, 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 in my mind, I've made him into um, what's his name in Lost Boys, the one that gets turned, Jason, like dark oh, brown okay. hair, but he's yeah. got a French accent, and I don't, I just, it doesn't do it for me. But. Yeah, I definitely had to take some creative license with my, I mean, look, I was 15, 16 years old when I read this for the first time, yeah. so I can't even remember, I probably thought it was hot back then. Because... Well, and I think that we Interview with the Vampire was out around yes. then, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that, we we had a hot version of Brad Pitt and White, Slate, White Lace buttoned down. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, you get a lot of, it. like, piratey, flowing yeah. shirts and, like, boots that come up to your and the, thighs. And, like, one of the ending scenes, he has, like, a big hat, like a conquistador <laughs> hat, and I'm just like, huh, okay, like, I'm just gonna go with it, but, like, but get, let's not, I'm not gonna be totally vain here. I don't love him, because 
while he says he's not manipulating her, he's like constantly like, let me mark you, let me mark you. And I don't feel any like attraction and burn between them, even though she does say, yeah, I'm kind of like, I feel like attraction to him, I think. Like, it, it's not enough. Like, I just don't feel it. And like, I think he's kind of like, he's kind of rapey. Like, he goes to save her, and he's, like, grabbing her boob, but, like, it's no big deal. Like, he's, like, oh, it's not, like, I'm not, I'm going to take it from her. I want her to be willing. Like, then get her, your hand off her boob. Like, it doesn't match up, right? Yeah. And I just didn't, I don't know. I just didn't really care for him. Like. That's fair. And I'm pretty sure he's going to be, like, the main love interest, but I'm just, like, uh-huh. Even though she has a boyfriend. His name is Richard. Yeah, so you meet Richard in this. But, and yeah. Look, like, I'm not, I... I'm always vampire over werewolf, but I I loved Richard. I loved Richard a lot, and I really liked their relationship in this series. I liked Um, Richard. I I don't know what my problem is. I'm like wondering if like maybe it's actually comes down to Anita. Like maybe I don't really like Anita that much, which is so bad Um, because I feel like I should like her, but like she's all. I mean. The character itself, like, she's pushing people away all the time. So, like, as the reader, I even kind of felt, like, pushed away from her. Because um, she is very much, like, I don't know. She's only 24. Like, I yeah. found that hard. Like, she reads like she'd be at least 32. Yeah, agreed. I always made her older. and I mean, I think, you know, when I was 15 or 16, I thought, oh, maybe this is what 24 is like. Yeah, but then right. when I became 24, I'm like, no, she's she's got a maturity. Well, and I mean, I think that they do reference, like, the reason for that is because she lost her mom at a young age. Yeah. Um, and has kind of like an estranged relationship with her dad who ended up getting remarried. And I think her mom was Mexican. And so I think she and her father was white. And then he ended up marrying another woman who was white. And so I think, you know, like there's a lot of um, like conflicts she has about her identity and not fitting in, you know, not, not looking the same way right. as, as the rest of her living family. But that's not in this book. So like, no. I don't have, I think maybe that, that could be the problem too. Like maybe I do need to start from the beginning again because like, I just didn't have compassion for her the way that I typically would for like my main heroine. And I, it could be because I came in book three um, and it had yeah. a really different feeling and I didn't have any backstory with her and Jean-Claude really. I just knew that well, they kind her. of like, sh- yeah. I mean, you definitely get to to learn more about the marking and and why that transpired. And I mean, I think they get into a little a little bit in they this do. book. So, like, basically, it's a way for him to draw power from if he like he's p- putting a little bit of his power into her each time it's he like marks her. About yeah, that. and so yeah. that way, like, when he's in trouble or you know being attacked, there's this like link between the two of them where he's able to, to draw strength from right. it right which like he calls her it would she would be considered his human servant so like i did understand I think you like, need she's five, like i don't want to be your human servant I yeah am not your you human need servant. five marks before you've like transitioned over to full human servant and then rule and that makes you immortal for the for the length of time that the vampire that you're connected to lives like if if right. that vampire dies then you die because your life forces have been intertwined and so that's another reason she's like fuck that like I don't want to be immortal for starters because I'm Christian and I believe in heaven and and I believe that that would be like taking my soul out and making me not worthy of heaven which is I have I have I have a lot of issues with her Christianity right I mean that's why I brought it up because it's like it definitely stood out to me and then you know I will say at the end of the book she finds herself like 
in the hospital. She gets pretty beat up. She she like in a coma for three days or something like that you know pretty much dies um and she comments like there was nothing like why you know it should have been more of an adventure like i was just in a coma i don't remember any of it what the heck you know and i'm wondering if that's gonna play out later on i don't know but i mean i think her faith definitely evolves because it sort of has to because you know she's confronted with all these behaviors and and needs and stuff that kind of don't like well she's like playing in death and yeah night all the time, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> like, I don't, and like you even see that change here because she's very clear, like she dates humans, like that's who she's going to date. She's a human. She's going to date humans. She's not going to date vampires. She doesn't trust them. She's not going to date werewolves because she doesn't want to. Um, and she's like very, she prides herself on like, I can, I can pick it up. I, I know when someone's a werewolf, I know right away. Um, so basically she starts this relationship with Richard, who's also, somehow indebted to John claude we don't know but he's kind of always around and then by the end of the book she does discover he's actually a really high level werewolf and so he can act he can hide it from her and he's been a werewolf all alone she had no idea so then like the end it's just like it's like very like old school where they kind of wrap it all up at the end um but like yeah she wraps it up and we went on a date it's nice like you know normal old movies and you know dessert or something like that and you know i'm dating a werewolf now I kissed him. His lips are soft. The end. <laughs> like I don't remember that. I do remember it's like book seven. I think that she finally bones somebody. So it's yeah, there's no and it's boning like, at all. Then they become nothing but boning after a while. So it's like every time I go back to the series, I'm like, just enjoy that. There's yeah. A I mean line. that is. I think that is a common thing that happens whether we're reading books from 1995 or we're reading them from you know today. Like, once they cross the line of boning, like, all rules are gone. Like, sex here, sex there, sex everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Which I and like, but then I miss, I miss the burn yeah, because I'm so, someone that loves the burn, you know? For sure. And we've talked about that before, too. It's like, there's a balance because... Absolutely. Like, I need me my spice. I like to have my spice. I don't mind a slow burn if it's a series that otherwise I'm into the characters the storylines are good they're exciting they're fast-paced there's action there's a mystery uh which I think both of these books have that um I I I very vividly remember many of the scenes from your book like there's there's tons of action circus of the damned like Jean-Claude like they run a circus that has a scary circus and the vampires all like live underneath that and that's like his lair that is like kept secret because nobody can know where the master lives because that makes him vulnerable but there's like these circus scenes where i mean the final battle where you meet the other master vampire they have basically like a ring master showdown Duel. duel um And then there's the the Lamia that's like which I actually really her. liked that. I think I will say that I wasn't won over by like the romance or the burn. I didn't feel like there was any chemistry, any burn there. Like there's nothing for me to latch onto. But once again, these worlds that are really lush and have these amazing like side characters that you really get to know and you care about and you like you want to know what's going to happen with them, and that doesn't typically like, that still happens a little bit. But I feel like these two series in particular. Like really build that because I did. I cared a lot about the Lamia, even though she was, well, she actually in the end was kind of on the same team, but she mm-hmm. was definitely like you know she was a misunderstood. Of, she was a character. villain in this one yeah. for most of it. Um, and then I, there is one person that I do feel a burn for. 
because you know I'm always gonna find that side character, um, mm. Edward. I'm all oh, about yeah. Edward, and I know he's vicious and he's he's basically an assassin. He's, a he's really good at killing. Yeah, and he's so good at killing that he got bored killing humans. So he's like, hey, can you start giving me like you know a challenge? Like, give me some vampires to kill. Give me some werewolves to kill. You know. Um, well, isn't that like that's what he does? He's like a high level. Yeah, assassin. they call him Death. Yeah, because like that—that's who he is, and he she knows that. And like, I love—they have this—they un- have a friendship, and they have an understanding that, like, well, I guess it goes back to like that black and white. Like, they understand each other's black and white, you know, and that like that builds a friendship between them, and they respect each other. And I like, but he could kill her at any moment, and she knows that. Like, she knows if she got in the way of his objective, there would be a problem. But then also reading the book, you're kind of like. Would he? I don't know. Because he's definitely, he hesitates a little mm-hmm. on um, some moments where I mean, he needs to get information out of her. Yeah, he's a, he's a, he's maybe one of the most interesting characters in that whole world, he's I so think. He's so good. Um, because, you know, what it comes down to is I don't think he knows if no. he would or not. He and I don't think he will until he's that's in what the he moment. Yeah. yeah. No, absolutely. Um, there, I was trying to look up while you were talking because I couldn't remember the name of it, but I don't know if you got to that book, but there's a book that's all about Edward. Oh, um, no. It's called Obsidian Butterfly. It's book nine. And she, know. like, takes a break from the boys and she goes to Edward, Edward's world to help him with a problem that he's having. And so the book is kind of all about her infiltrating what Edward's everyday life is like in his, um, you know, Edward being, is that his alter ego or is the alter ego the person that he lives as when he's just um, living in the normal world? See, and I um, really like that because like- Yeah, it's so- great. Okay. I will say that like when I read it the first time, I felt really bitter because like things had just started heating up with the romance component of the series. Oh, and then, then all like of a sudden note. she's like, I'm going to go and like the boys aren't going to be in this book at all. And it's just Edward. And I was like, I want to get back to like seeing what's going to happen. You keep saying the boys and I feel like you're giving something away. (laughs) Well, Jean-Claude and and Richard. Jean-Claude and Tom. Yeah, Richard sticks around. Jean-Claude and and Richard. I didn't know if Richard would stick around. Yeah, he's he's around. Um, I don't want to say anything more than that. But anyways, when I've gone back to reread the series, um, that has been like one of the standouts for me that is one of my favorite in the whole series. I think Circus yeah. of the Damned is always going to be number one for me because it was the first book I, I read and I, I just really connected with it for whatever reason. Um, so it's always going to be my favorite. Um, but I think Obsidian Butterfly might be number number two for me. You never read the the actual synopsis. Oh, no. <laughs> Let me see. Wait, 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 wait. I can find it here. Let's do this. <laughs> I like my poor man's synopsis. I don't need a professional. <laughs> okay. In Circus of the Damned, now in trade paperback. <laughs> Old school. Um, for the first time, a rogue master vampire hits town, and Anita gets caught in the middle of an undead turf war. Jean-Claude, the master vamp of the city, wants her for his own, but his enemies have other plans. And to make matters worse, Anita takes a hit to the heart when she meets a stunningly handsome junior high school junior high science teacher named Richard Zeman. They're two humans caught in the crossfire, or so Anita thinks. That was a pretty big spoiler there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, Master Vampires, Turf Wars, high school teacher. I think I got it all. Junior high. Did a good job. 
Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I don't know if I would consider this paranormal romance because I didn't feel the romance if I'm just looking at this book alone. Like the the whole Richard, like they don't even really get into it. They just like hint that they're gonna go on a date the whole time, but they never. Yeah, get there's to a just date. like a flirtation. Yeah, and it's like not even that. Them. Like I need Let's better see. dialogue. I need yeah. more. Like I need something to really latch onto, and there just wasn't. But the action was great, and the side characters was great. Like it moved very quickly, and like yeah, some of those scenes were gnarly, and they they stick with you. Like rereading this, I was like, oh yeah, I remember this. Oh, I remember this, you know, because like they're pretty bloody and there's details that are like, oh, oh, that kind of stay, stay around. And I will say she can build a scene really well. Like you see it, you smell it, you feel it. Like it's really well done, but I just know burn. I need more burn. Yeah. Well, and I think you kind of really hit on that earlier in the episode when you were saying that like, this was there was there wasn't really paranormal romance back then like it didn't exist yeah. as a genre yet um and so you're reading the people that are really like making it a genre exactly they're and like so, the trailblazers for yeah it. and so it's like obviously like nobody's found their footing and what that looks like yet at this yeah. point and so like for for better they're focused on the story and then there's like a little bit of like the hint of a maybe some sort of romance sprinkled into it but that's not what the book is about the book is about this story of a master vampire coming to town and trying to take over and her trying to figure out if she's gonna help the vampire that that she's already connected to or kind of where her loyalties lie yeah this is really what this book is about, loyalty. Like where, and she's kind of finding that out. And I think she makes the choice that she's not loyal to Jean-Luc and then she immediately regrets Jean-Claude. it. Jean-Claude. <laughs> Jean-Claude. Jean-Luc, Jean-Claude, I don't know. Uh, Jean-Luc yeah. is, it's, never mind. It's a joke that I have with my group of friends where, um, the group you remember, that I'm not a part of. You could, you could be, you would be. Totally fine. Uh, remember International Delight Coffees? Yeah, they're fancy coffees. So, My grandma was fancy, and she always had her pantry stocked with those. Yeah, so there is a commercial for International Delight where they're having some sort of French-inspired one, and they're talking about how it reminds them of a coffee shop that they went to in Paris, and there was that really hot guy that worked there, and then they both look at each other, and they're like, Jean-Luc! Jean-Luc! <laughs> okay. So that's a joke Jean- that comes up in my um friend group a lot <laughs> wait so what's his name again it's Jean-Claude. not Jean- Jean-Claude <laughs> I mean it's just as stupid <laughs> it's French he's French yeah. guys but how um, many French people are actually named Jean-Claude I have a Jean Danielle in my family okay 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 yeah but no Jean-Claude that I know of maybe it's more common than I think it just seems like a stereotype yeah I mean, well, and I think we got to remember, like, this guy's from back in the day. So there are probably only so many name options that they're really playing with. Yeah, that's true. Um, they, I don't remember what I was saying, though. I got I caught know. up on I French. Know. Sorry, I, I pointed because I pointed out you called him the wrong character. Loyalty. Oh, loyalty. Lo- yes. And so she basically, and that was weird, too. She's like, I don't know. Do I want bad things to happen to Jean-Claude? <laughs> no, I don't. And... But maybe I do. And then he pisses her off because of that scene I told you about with the blood and the booby grab and putting another mark <laughs> on her against her will. And then she's yeah. like, fuck him. Yeah, I'm going to go for this super ancient master vampire that can totally take him. What I'm going to let him name? know. Like, 
Andre, something mm. like that. Oliver or something. Oscar. Okay. Anyway, so she's like, I think it was like Mr. Oliver. Mm. <laughs> so dumb. Uh, but she's like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm turning him in, basically. Like, fuck him. Um, and so she does, and then she's instantly like, oh god, what have I done? But I don't even know if it's like she felt loyalty to him. Is she found out that this other master vampire wanted vampires to go back into the dark, basically. And so he was going to have them attack humans so that they would lose their rights and they could go back into their little vampiredom. Like, he he didn't like them being out. and Which also doesn't make sense because she's all for vampire rights, but then she felt she was, like, in line with him, but they just were different ends of that. I'm not – I didn't quite understand all that. But that's what really switches her that. is that she wants to save people. It's not – it's still not about Jean-Claude. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I think – from the get-go when the series starts there's she does not trust him and she feels a certain kind of way about him but she doesn't even trust why she feels that way about him like you know i think she thinks that any kind of uh closeness or uh, like amicable feeling toward him that she has it's a bit of manipulation because he's marked her and so it's like i can't trust you because i don't know what's me and what's these marks making me feel connected to you and yeah, so yeah. I mean, I think their relationship is very uh, questionable <laughs> for right. a lot of this series, uh, in in terms of loyalty and trust, and and what she, what he really wants from her and why, because she is very powerful. Like yeah, she's, she's got a, a lot of power. Yeah, and so I think that there's there's some question if that's what Jean-Claude is wanting from her, it has nothing to do with who she is as a person or any feelings that he might have about her. It's he wants her power as a part of his. And that was the accusation that, so there's two master vampires, right? But they're working together. I can't remember his name. I just read this book too, but he actually is somehow able to mark her on top of Jean-Claude's marks, which Jean-Claude's like, that shouldn't be possible. Mm. But he basically, he tells her like, Jean-Claude just wants you for your power. Like that's why he's marking you. And then, but then Richard's like, or he might love you. Think about that. (laughs) Yeah. I was just like, okay, Richard, whatever. And then that's kind of the end of the book too. She's like, do I love him? I was like, how do you love him? No, you don't love him. I don't, what? No. <laughs> and then, but does he love me? Can vampires love? So I do see that like where, like kind of you were saying how she's black and white and she evolves. I could see that that is going to continue like to grow. Hi, your pups are saying hi. I know, I know. Say, I do love you. <laughs> They're like, okay, mom, you've recorded for long enough. Wrap it up. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. I think I'm done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that about covers it. Um, I will totally revisit this uh, this theme again because there are so many good. It was hard to like pick a book for you because I have so yes. many like tried and true favorites. Honestly, um, I was reading this and I kept thinking like, oh, but what about poor Kate Daniels? Like, why am I not reading yeah. Kate Daniels right now? And then I was like, oh, True Blood. Like, True Blood's a huge yeah. one. I just kind of like, I think it got discredited because the TV show. Sadly, but like it is one of those like OG like you know for sure absolutely oh yeah I love love some True Blood again like I vividly remember I discovered that book when I was on vacation in South Lake Tahoe and I made my partner at the time drive me all the way to the bookstore that was in like Truckee or something to get it (laughs) to see if they had because I read the whole thing and I was like oh I wasn't prepared to finish this entire book like I must go to the bookstore to get 
books yeah. two and three. <laughs> and those so. were on paperback. I did not yeah. have a Kindle for those. Yeah, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. I think that's another one where, like, as the series, like, I got a Kindle while I was still reading the series. But I, I should don't. look because I don't even remember. I'm sure the like the last book I read was on Kindle. Yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. So what are we? What are we gonna do next week? It's going back to school, right? Yeah. Going yeah. back to school. We're going from old school to back to school. <laughs> yeah. So we're going to talk about Lisa's absolute favorite, Ugh. teenagers in love and lust. <laughs> yeah. We're do- well, I mean, or I guess it could be college. Yeah. Mine is teen. Yeah. I mean, so is mine. But I'm just yeah. saying, like, if we were to revisit this, I think any kind of school. Again, they can't situation. be teachers they have to be students but yeah anything yeah. where there's like school is a part of the plot or the world yes yeah so my assignment to you is one that I haven't read either so but it was recommended to me uh and it's well reviewed so I don't know it's called Curse of Stone by Veronica Shade and it is book one in the Academy of the Damned series Oh, yeah, and so. I actually, uh, I started reading it this morning, I think. I got high hopes. Okay. You know, they're young, but we'll see. Right. We'll see what happens. Um, And then, I don't remember who wrote the book I gave you. Aha! Uh-huh. Yes, I do. So I gave you <laughs> Zodiac Academy, which, yeah. if anyone has been listening to our episodes, it's probably not going to be a surprise, because I have hinted that I was going to make you read this book, and I mm-hmm. am going to make you read this book. Um, And it is book one, and it's by Caroline Peckham. Yeah, and, and I'm not an excited at all. Because, yeah, because I know, I already know from you and from my other friend that read it that it's, it's not rough. good. And like you said, the series, she didn't even go on. She was like, book one is all I need to know. <laughs> it's not, though. So I yeah. will say that a thousand times. Like, book one almost lost me. Like, I was done. And then I was like, ah, there's enough here. I'm going to keep going. And I'm so glad I did. Because you start to really see, like, the characters evolve. And you, yeah, it's great. Well, this I'm one's totally going to be a hard it. ask for me because I don't even have time to do that. Like, I know. I, I have know. to, like, come, come back to, to it there with this foul taste in your mouth. <laughs> like, um, it's well, hard because th- this is definitely, like, an enemy to lovers. And the enemy is, it's rough. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not nice. Yeah. So. Well, I, I can't wait to read it. <laughs> me and high school boys, that's, like, everybody's favorite subject, oh, right? Like, we all want to relive that. Yeah, right? <laughs> All right. Well, there you have it. Uh, we're going back to school next week. So in the middle of summer. <laughs> so you've got the book assignments and um, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks for joining. Bye. This has been another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club with your hosts, Lisa and Jessica. We have more episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you pod. If you like us and want to hear more, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at sexyscarybook, or send us an email and tell us what you think at sexyscarybookclub at gmail.com.